Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome along to the Cult Pop Show podcast. My name is Richard, and on today's show, I'm joined by Jeremy. Say hi, Jeremy. Hello, I am here. And uh, we're interviewing Zoe Dunn, a movie trailer editor for a New York and London-based trailer house called Empire Design. Zoe has been in the trailer cutting industry for nine years now, working on a huge variety of projects from Peter Rabbit to Jurassic World. And she agreed to Skype in for this episode to shed some light on the seldom-talked-about and underground world of editing movie trailers. Enjoy. A lot of people don't know what it means, and they think that I work with trailers, like in a trailer park, (laughs) (laughs) and they think that I edit details in cars, so I have to, it always, it's never a, I'm a doctor, end of discussion, it's always like, what? Tell me more. Um, But always the first question then is, do you get to see the whole film? That is always the number one question. (laughs) Well, our first question for you today is, um, do you get to see the whole film? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. We get to see it from a very early stage, which is why there are always shots and trailers that aren't in the final film. People always get confused by that too. But yeah, we... We get films sometimes for when as they're being shot in the dailies, so we get access to everything. And um, sometimes shots that we think are better for trailers might not make it in the final film, but they slide through, so that's why they make it in the trailer and not the film. Wow, okay, yeah, that's really interesting, because I sort of always just assumed that it would be like, here's two and a half minutes of footage, you have to turn that into a trailer. Is it up to you then to select what footage is used? Yeah, so um, it's very rare these days that we get a completely finished film. We often will get either dailies or we'll get um, an assembly, which can sometimes be about three hours long. Um, So we will, um, once we get a film, we sit back and watch it just to enjoy it as a film. And then we put our trailer editor hats on, watch it again, and start making selects of what we think are the best lines, the best shots, the best moments. And then after that, we um, start thinking about what music we're going to use. And sometimes there is a brief from the client that if they say, definitely don't put uh, a modern version of a, or sorry, a, a rescore of a pop track on there, which was really the thing to do for a few yeah, years. It's the new wow. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they might say things like, oh, like, I really see this as having a classical track on it, or, or they might say, I'd like to try a musical, uh, sorry, a more modern track. Uh, but otherwise, we generally have creative freedom for that first present, and that's a really fun part for, for a trailer editor, because that's when we can craft what we think is the best way to sell the film. And then after that, that's when 
the clients get involved and we have to start, you know, it becomes more of a balancing act of making everyone happy. So you really do get the first the first shot. Is that all the time? Like do you, you don't ever get anyone, any directors saying, well, this is actually the important bit of the movie that we want to make sure is in there. You actually get full creative freedom to say, this is what we think is the best parts of your movie that will make people want to see it. Yeah. Um, so we do some, if there's a, a plot twist, Often they'll say, don't give away that. Or if there's anything uh, controversial in there, if anyone can, tries to commit suicide or, you know, has a drug overdose, they'll say, you know, be sensitive about that. Maybe don't show that, things like that. But generally it's, yeah, up to us to do what we think works. That After a while, um, uh, clients sort of have a level of trust once they've worked with you quite a bit. So, Yeah. But then they might, it doesn't mean they won't come back and say, this isn't what I envisioned at all, start again. <laughs> that yeah, does happen. Sure, sure. <laughs> so. Yeah. So if you get, you're getting like um, dailies from, from the set. So obviously if it's like quite a VFX heavy movie, do you then say, mm. I want this shot, you need to like that, that, put that on the priority to finish it kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. So um, we get a lot of that uh I worked on X-Men Days of Future Past a few years ago and it's mm. hard because you're making a trailer and it's like this shot of Wolverine wrestling a giant green ball, that's going to be really cool, is it? Is it going to look good when it's finished? Because <laughs> we don't know what it's going to look like. I mean, we put it in the trailer and just hope that it doesn't turn out to be a bouncing ball that he's looking at. It's going to be <laughs> some kind of m- m- machine. Um, yeah, so it's tricky. So is that the, is that the reason why in trailers often you'll get um, like the 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 VFX that appear in the trailer just aren't quite as good as what you see in the final film? Oh, that's interesting that you noticed that. <laughs> I'm sure people will be really ups- upset that you've noticed. <laughs> but yes, that is exactly why. Because there's a huge rush on it, and everyone's panicking. And I I just feel sorry for the VFX guys that are probably working 24 hour shifts to get these shots finished yeah. in time for the trailer launch. Yeah, well, I do I do want to follow that up as well. But um, just you mentioned you worked on um, X Men: Days of Future Past. Um, what's some more of your mm-hmm. work that um, people might recognize? Um, in terms of trailers I've cut, I uh, have worked on Breathe, um, that was last year, Ghostbusters, Peter Rabbit, and then a few years ago I was on The Danish Girl, Theory of Everything, Unbroken. But in, for TV campaigns, um, I've worked on uh, Jurassic World, Fifty Shades of Grey, Paddington. So the TV campaigns generally are sort of like all hands on deck because uh, for the big blockbusters, so... I generally have worked on most of those. For All right, TV. so pretty mixed bag as well. Yeah, definitely. We try and do everything. So, does Empire Design and, by extension, potentially you get like a credit in the final film? Unfortunately, not. No, <laughs> we are like the uh, Wizards of Oz behind the curtain. Mm. Yeah, uh, we do not. Um, occasionally, we'll get an email from a filmmaker or an, or an actor thanking us, but yeah. It's rare. Yeah. <laughs> but there are trailer um, awards shows now, so we are getting recognition. There just there's the Golden Trailer Awards show and so we we get our uh, our awards at some point. <laughs> so so how did you get into this role? I mean it's quite a defined role now, um, and it's sort of you just work on trailers. Um, but were you sort of more interested in film in general or was this something that you had as an end point that you wanted to do? 
No, I w- I studied um, editing as my master's in the UK, and um, I didn't really have a preference for short form or long form. I sort of just enjoyed editing. Um, but then Empire um, held a competition um, for students around the UK at film schools to cut a trailer for The Descent Part Part Two. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it. It's a horror, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we we so we all cut trailers for that, and through that, I got my job, and I showed my gratitude by staying with them for nine years. <laughs> so I just got lucky. Yeah. So was when you were actually studying. Was editing and cutting for trailers part of your studies or was it kind of seen as less than than like actual like film editing? My master's was specifically in editing. I did my undergrad in like film and literature, but my master's was specifically editing. And, and in that we did some long like short films that were sort of 15 minutes long, but also um, 60 second TV spots and trailers. So, yeah, there, it was definitely um, in my training just to see um what, what kind of thing I wanted to go for and uh, in the end it just um, it, I just got really lucky getting into Empire and, and now I, I, I just love cutting trailers so much when I watch a film I sort of see the trailer forming in my head so I don't know if I could switch to um, <laughs> long form I, I sort of a lot of people ask that actually but I sort of compare it to like if you're a poet someone's saying but do you want to write a novel it's just such a different um, discipline that um yeah, so yeah. I think I'm I'm stuck in trailer world. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting, and so like it's quite cool as well that I guess you can just practice whenever you want, and like anyone that wants to get into trailer editing, it's like you can just take an existing film and cut your own trailer out of it. Eh? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's kind of it's annoying because there'll usually be music all over it. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's what we did at university. We we were asked to cut cut a trailer for a, an existing film. And so I did one for my favorite film at the time, and you just work around the music. But yeah, you can. That's there are so many fan fan made trailers online. Yeah, uh, some people get jobs out of that, like because um, some of them are really good. And <laughs> they're just waiting to be discovered. <laughs> yeah. So how long um, does it normally take to like put a trailer together? I guess it would vary based on um, the size and the back and forth. But in in general, what would you say? Usually, it can it it'll be maybe. F- four or five months um but I've worked on projects where it was two years wow so um yeah uh so the day that that was um that was a film I worked on recently where the day that that came out is sort of like everyone let's go to the pub (laughs) like (laughs) this is finally here (laughs) um yeah but that's kind of more unusual is that like delay in timeline I mean, I'm assuming that's because they keep pushing the release date of the film out, or is it because there's just so many, yeah. so much back and forth? In that, the most recent case, it was delaying the release of the film. But it, it also, um, you know, when we get the film initially, they don't want a trailer, they want a promo, which they'll then take to film festivals and get, you know, they might not have a distributor yet, so they need that. And um, so then it's still a long process before. They get the distributor, then they need a trailer, then they need a TV campaign. You know, it's so it can be quite a long process because of that. Um, and, and anything that's VFX heavy is obviously a longer process as well. Yeah. So are you normally like working on just one trailer, then you see that through to the end and then you start on the next one? Or is it kind of back and forth like TV campaigns and whatnot? 
Yeah, yeah. I'll be juggling sort of three to four jobs at at one time.、Mm. But、um, it's once you know a film, it's easier to dip in and out, and and then you become the go-to person、um, because you know the the material so well. But、yeah. um, on any first on any first present, it's good to have two weeks where you just immerse yourself and really get give a good first present. Because you don't want to mess up that first present. Yeah. So, how many、um, editor trailer editors do you have at your、um, production house? In New York,、um, there are just four of us, and we're all girls, which I'm very proud of.、Mm. Um, uh, in Lo- in London, there are about fifteen. So yeah, yeah. about almost twenty in total. Oh yeah, and so yeah. So it- we have sorry, we have two off- we have two offices, one in London and one here. Yeah. So, do you guys、um, have like? Sort of specialties, like if 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 a certain movie comes, then they're like, oh, give that to Zoe, she's the. Yeah, definitely.、Um, it takes a while to get there, actually, because I was on comedies for so many years, and I think finally people realise, oh, she's not that funny. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they took away the comedies and started giving me dramas, and I've been in dramas ever since. So、um, yeah, if you've got cancer or motor neuron disease or you're a prisoner of war, I'm your girl. <laughs>、um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I don't know. It, it, it's everyone has their sort of their strengths and、um, their comfort zone, but it's still really important to try other things. I I was you know I was on Peter Rabbit for about a year and a half, and that was good to just try something different. And and I would love to get better at horror because that is very tricky.、Mm. Horror trailers are hard. So is there like a hierarchy then? A hierarchy of like, within the company. Yeah, well, you talk about like how you were, you were stuck on comedies for a while. So is that kind of like Oh, is it seen as like advancing? No. So when I first joined, you know, I was only twenty three, and、uh, I was a junior editor, and every junior was paired with a senior editor. And my senior editor was、um, was really big into the comedy. He was very good at it. So I just kind of, you know, mirrored him, shad-、right. shadowed him, until until it was just clear that I was better at drama. <laughs> <laughs> so. And now, now I'm now my poor juniors are stuck on dramas because of me. <laughs> Before you said when you watch a film, you sort of you start seeing the trailer in your mind. What are those first strokes that you look for, like for your own style? Like you know, do you look for the emotional highs? Like how do you identify those? And like, what are the particular traits that you will sort of first the the first moments that you're like, that's it, that's going in the trailer. So there is kind of a formula and.、Um, In Act One, you sort of you want to grab the attention of the viewer. So anything in the trailer that's sort of a sorry, anything in the film that's、um, a performance moment where you're like, where the camera holds on the actor for a, a long time, you think, oh, that's definitely going to go in it.、Um, it is it going to be the first thing you see that draw, draws you in, or is it going to be a dropout moment in the middle where? It all kicks off like, just you can identify the moments, and you think、um, sometimes I'm like I don't know where that's going to go, but it's got to be in there somewhere.、Um, generally, when you're cutting, well, when I'm cutting, the beginning and the end is where it all comes together, and you know what's going to happen. The middle, the act two of a three act trailer, is the hardest because that's where all the plot points come, and usually it's where the turmoil is. And you often have more frenetic music in the middle, 
And um, so that's always the trickiest part. So that's the part I always leave till the end. <laughs> Sometimes I just have like a placeholder, like middle <laughs> that will come. But yeah. um, beginning is where we intro the characters. And then the end is where everything, you know, the soaring music, emotional uplift. So do you, um, obviously your first pass, it seems that you sort of just pick music that you think will go well. But have you worked on films with these specific artists that are attached to the soundtrack and they're like, you, sh- you need to use this music in the trailer yes yeah um a few times it, it can be tricky because sometimes a track that might work really well in a film doesn't work so well in the trailer mm. um so that can be hard especially if it's score if it's just sort of like whining violins you're sort of like oh gosh <laughs> make this work <laughs> um but not too often actually that's another complaint people have that, that when there's a great song in the trailer they expect it to be in the film um mm. yeah but that's not always the case no yeah that's interesting well um i'd like to talk uh, a little bit with you about sort of um the the landscape of trailers and stuff like that so like how do you feel about the the trend of like trailers spoiling the movies um which gets complained about ad nauseum that's actually kind of a a gripe i have with on online people because those people who are saying oh it shows the whole film are people who haven't seen the film so how do they know (laughs) so i've had it with trailers of my own before like oh thanks for showing the whole film don't you see it now (laughs) and like well there's two more plot twists that i didn't show and but you can't i can't ever write that (laughs) yeah um so but i will uh I, I mean, I know why they're saying it as well, but it's because often trailers now sort of take you on a journey. Um, you might feel tense and you might feel emotional, but at the end, hopefully there's somewhat a feeling of satisfaction that you, you've watched sort of a, a mini movie. Mm. And maybe some people react to that satisfied feeling of, oh, I don't need to see the film now because that's how I'll feel in the film. Um, So I understand that. Um, I will say that I can sometimes agree with uh, that complaint about comedy trailers because often you'll go to the film and all the best jokes have been used in the trailer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But we can't can't avoid the best jokes because that's what's going to get people into the cinema. So, yeah, that's... That's uh, Catch-22. Yeah, I think that that's a really interesting kind of point. And it's like, how do you see yourself as someone who's creating a really great trailer? Um, is a really great trailer one that whets your appetite for the film? Or as a trailer editor, is a great trailer one that has that sort of rise and fall and feels like a full product in and of itself? And like, is that a hard balance to strike as someone who wants to make a good, like, fulfilling product? Yeah, you definitely can't give away too much because um, then no one will be intrigued to go and see the film. So um, you have to have a level of intrigue there for sure. Um, And it's completely different for each genre. So obviously horror, you can never, ever give away the ending, of course. Um, Mm. So you really have to make people just feel tense but intrigued and... um, Often I work on things that are based on true stories and that's often something that really gets audiences interested too because they're like, ooh, it's a true story, I can look it up on Wikipedia. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you do need to leave the audience wanting more. Yeah. Do do you often read, like, online reactions to your trailers? Yeah. um, When I first... When I was younger, I did. um, 
because uh, I just thought it was awesome. <laughs> but now um, I think it's funnier to just go and find really stupid comments. <laughs> um, right. Sorry, I shouldn't say stupid, but um, <laughs> stuff like um, theory, um, my Theory of Everything trailer, there was a comment that was like, this looks interesting. I believe it's about Stephen Hawking. And that was it. And I was like, wow, that's what you took away wow. from my trailer. Good. Well done. That's good. No, you could make that person believe that it was about Stephen Hawking. That means it was a good trailer. <laughs> um, another one actually was... Um, uh, so the trailer I did last year for Breathe is also about some, someone who has polio. It's very similar to you know in, in motor neuron disease, which Stephen Hawking had. Mm. And there were so many comments that were like, someone's just taken the theory of everything trailer, pasted over it with Breathe. <laughs> and I was sort of like, oh, busted. <laughs> like, uh, not, not, <laughs> not that I did that, obviously, but... I'm the same trailer editor, but with the it's same so discipline of editing. So, yeah, I think I was kind of caught out there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's always nice to see people. Um, people love trailers. Yeah. So, and that's great that we're creating products people love. Yeah, especially like these days because uh, because now they can be viewed millions of times and every frame picked apart kind of thing. And so, mm. like, how do you feel yeah. about, like... Because often the final film isn't scrutinized as much as the trailer is. Like, so how does how do you feel about that? Well, it's easier to pull apart a trailer because it's only two and a half minutes um, than a film. But um, uh, yeah, I I mean, you mean like online reviews, tra- trailer breakdowns? Yeah, the trailer breakdowns and stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, I I really like that. Usually the People who really take the time to do that aren't the types that are just going to completely trash a trailer. Yeah, they'll sort of they they'll find it interesting to really look at it and the choices that have been made. So I I enjoy watching that because it's just another film enthusiast, and it's always nice to see um, their reactions to different parts of the trailer, like which parts they laugh at and um, which part you know. Because by the end of working on a comedy. I watch it back stony face because I've seen the jokes a million times. So it's always nice to then see someone online actually laughing. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that is funny. Yeah. When, um, you, when you work on yeah. something for so long, you forget what the good parts are <laughs> until yeah, someone else totally. watches it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of like, because um, obviously there's kind of trends in movie trailers, like you've talked about the slowed down version of a pop song and there's like the inception noise and then there's kind of the dead uh, voiceovers like the inner world kind of things mm-hmm. from the 90s um, yeah. how do you feel about that changing landscape and where do you see it kind of going in the future well I think trailers have just gone from strength to strength it's actually incredible just watching a trailer from 10 years ago how different they are now um, I think that they're a lot classier and more sophisticated now mm. Um the days of the days of cheesy voiceover is definitely over. Um, um. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, I think the slow version of pop songs might be over now. I think there's too many complaints about those now. But um, in terms of where it's going, I think um, uh, there's going to be a lot more virtual reality in the future. They already did um, a trailer for the horror it that was VR um, and I think that's going to become much bigger and just ways to really make trailers more of an more of an experience and also custom special shoots I think are gonna become more of a thing because people just want more and more and more and and when something's been tailor-made for you um as the audience before you see the film that people love that so i think there'll be more special shoots and more vr trailers in the future yeah that was always really nice when like you get those um like you're talking about kind of when it's something that's never intended to be in the movie but it evokes the same sort of response yeah Yeah, that that is really nice because you you still want to go see a movie but you don't have any of the um in anything at all spoiled from it exactly yeah Yeah, people love that. So what are some of your favourite trailers then, like, from the other side of it? In terms of ones that I um, envy because they're in my genre, the drama genre, I really love the 127 Hours trailer and the trailer for The Life of Pi. Um, I could just watch them over and over. I think they're just so beautiful and emotional. The music's wonderful and they just feel like an experience um, watching them. Um, but I am really just in awe of great horror trailers because I can't do them. And I, mm. one day maybe I will. I'm going to keep trying. But um, the the trailer for Get Out, I saw that in the cinema actually. And afterwards, I, I had to catch my breath because I was <laughs> so tense through it. It was so well done. And also, more recently, there's a, a film called Hereditary coming out. The trailer for that was excellent Mm. and then all the trailers for it i thought were just so good um yeah yeah, they just any kind of trailer that elicits an emotion whether it's you know tension or emotion um i think that the job well done to the trailer editor yeah, are there, um, I guess, because you know, we, we all know for the film industry that there's these particular directors or particular, even particular films and like moments in film history that kind of changed what's possible or like changed a whole style. Like, are there particular like kind of auteur trailer editors and, and people who've come up with great ideas? And if so, like, who are they and, and what, are, what did they introduce that we now kind of know is just common? That's just what you do. See, it's, that's a really interesting question, actually. But I, just, I don't think there are auteur trailer editors. Or maybe there are, but we're all just kind of like kept behind the curtain so much that it's more like you recognize certain agents, trailer agencies. Like, oh, yeah, they did that trailer, um, uh, which did something really interesting with music. They did a special shoot or whatever. Um but no, there's not. It's not like that in trailer trailer land as much, which I'm kind of glad about because I think it would be really intimidating. <laughs> yeah, but I guess there would be like trailers though that um that paved the way. Like obviously, like Inception introduced that famous noise that was then used for like every disaster esque movie, and then I'm not sure what the first like slowed down version of a pop song is. Fifty Shades. Fifty Shades. 
Jeremy reckons Fifty Shades. Oh, no. It was being done before Fifty Shades, for sure. Yeah. But yes, you're right. I'm not, but I, yeah, you're right. Like, I couldn't really put my finger on the first one that did it. It, be, it becomes more of a trend. There have definitely been in the past trailers where the client has said, we want it like that. Like, for example, um, Girl with Dragon Tattoo trailer did really giant graphics oh, yeah. really fast, like a, stro- a strobe light. And for about a year, we had, we want it like the Dragon Tattoo one. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> so there are, one, are things, but then they pass. So it's it's sort of a bit different than films. Although I'm sure you could really, if you if you really did your research, you could probably fill a book with the different kind of kind of trailer trends from the inner world to to the way things are now. Yeah. But yeah. So with, with those kinds of, um, I'm just interested in you sort of say like people come to you with a specific idea in mind, and I'm just really aware that like um, there are some movies where the design of the film is just kind of overwhelming in terms of how it's perceived by the general audience. Like I'm particularly thinking of Great Gatsby, and just how they had this full, fully realized world that was in all of the graphic design with that sort of gold, intricate gold Art Deco kind of paneling, um, and obviously that sort of stuff was really prevalent in the trailer. How much, um, you know, obviously every different every movie is different but how much do you what where does that interplay come in between like sort of the the graphic design of the film and its promotion and how you could do you ever get to choose the fonts do you you know what's the interplay there yeah um i definitely want to give a shout out to the all the other departments involved in trailers because it's definitely not just the editor um we have a graphics design um uh, sorry, graphic design department and music supervisors and audio mixers and copywriters. So um, when the film is first screened, we all look at it and then we all go away and um, we have some really great graphic design artists who um, will just um, start creating some styles, different fonts, backgrounds, um, things that they think will work, and then they'll come to the editor and and we'll drop them into our cut and see if they work. Um, uh, yeah, if there's any kind of um, leanings in the film towards a certain era or period, um, if it, I'm working on a promo right now about an artist, so you know all the graphics have artwork in them and canvas background, so things like that definitely. Um, but they're all created by our graphic design department. Hmm. Um, so, so how how do you find out what trailers you're going to be working on? Kind of thing is it they come and go? All right, everyone into the theater. Let's watch this movie, and then it's a huge surprise to you. Or do you know quite far in advance? We get new films all the time. There's actually usually a lull in the summertime, but then it really ramps up for a sort of awards season. And um, our account handlers are uh, in charge of um, getting the business in. They have relate client relations with you know the studios, Fox, Searchlight, um, Universal, Lionsgate, Studio Canal, and they'll liaise with them. And and then often we get approached by um, companies that call us and say, "Will you cut our trailer?" Um, and then once it's in house, then people can fight over what they want to work on. There's <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely there's definitely, definitely in house sort of competition as well. If there's a big film, there might be four four editors cutting our own trailers, and then they all get presented, and it's sort of like who's is going to get picked. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and yeah. Then obviously the studio do this. Does the studio notify you to say the trailer's going online on this day, kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. So it's usually launched online. 
first mm. um, and then it goes in the cinemas and very rarely you might be lucky enough to catch your trailer in the cinema. It's only happened to me a handful of times. Mm-hmm. It's always fun. Do you have, um, like, obviously, I, I think you're a bit of a film buff. Um, do, you, do you keep an eye on kind of the films that are being filmed at the moment and kind of have a little bit of a wish list for yourself of like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to get to do that one? Yes, definitely. Um, I, Tonya came out recently. I, I, was, I had my eye on that for about a year. <laughs> I saw it in all the festivals, and as soon as I heard we were getting it, I was like, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, of course, I couldn't work on it because I was out of the country when it came in, so um, oh. the two, the, the, my junior editors did it instead. But, yeah, I was able to oversee it. But, yes, yeah, definitely, and... Um, Paddington, I love Paddington, so when that came in, I was very excited. Yeah, definitely we keep an eye on what's in the festivals and what looks interesting, and if you're following any directors, sort of want to keep an eye on what his next piece is, Mm. for sure. Yeah, so obviously, is it easier then to work on a film that you quite like, obviously? It is... um, obviously, you always want to do a good job, no matter what the project is, um, and you want to be proud. Sometimes I'm proudest of trailers I've cut for awful films, because yeah. uh, I think, like, wow, I did a really good job there, <laughs> and anyone who goes to the cinema is going to hate me, because they'll realize once they get in that the trailer's better than the film. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely. Once, if you like a film, you, I, I sort of feel duty bound to do a good job because I owe it to the film because it's so wonderful and I don't want to let it down kind of thing. That's really cool. So, um, are there any like specific techniques that you use when you're like, oh, I really have to make this look good? Yeah. Um, any kind of trailer trickery where it's sort of, fast cutting um maybe you manipulate the colors a bit um uh just anything kind of dynamic that uh takes your way your your attention away from the actual film uh, interesting graphics interesting music um if the if there are any really poor performances you try not to have them at all <laughs> just avoid them at all costs um yeah, sometimes it's so hard. There was one film I worked on. I won't say which one it was, yeah. but um, it was just such a cha- it was such a challenge, and um, everyone you know within M- Empire who'd seen it said, you know, good job, you did a really good job. But still online, it, it just got slated. So wow. it, you know, sometimes you just can't, you can't do anything about it. Wow. Yeah. What do you so do you ever like like a movie so much that you hear that you're getting it? And you're like, oh, no, I don't want to see it unfinished. No, I don't have that problem. I've, I've definitely heard, uh, I know people who feel that way, um, but I'm not bothered at all. I'm, I, wanna, I want it. I want it right now. I want it from <laughs> script phase. <laughs> yeah. um, with, the Dan- with the Danish girl, I was so excited about it. I read the script. I watched all the dailies that came in. Um, and then it's, it's quite interesting then to see the final, final, final um, um, piece um, when you've seen it through its evolution yeah because i guess are you seeing like you're seeing like multiple takes of the same scene and then the one you put yeah. for the trailer isn't necessarily the same one yeah definitely um there's been a, a couple of films where i'm like why did why didn't you use the other take <laughs> like that one's better <laughs> um but um one director actually said um 
that the promo um, helped him select the takes that he ended up using. So that oh. was like, it was nice. Um, but yeah, generally, um, yeah, there'll be a few in there that you think, oh, oh, she definitely did a better take than that where she was crying harder. <laughs> but there's sometimes a, sometimes a reason behind it. Maybe they didn't want to, to use that for a specific reason. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. So... Is it the director that you kind of deal with mostly or like are this sometimes it's the studio, sometimes it's producers, directors? It's usually the marketing execs in the studios um, that we deal with. Uh, and then they are sort of they liaise with with the producers and filmmakers. But um, but we'll often get feedback um, that sort of like this is from the director and we'll see an email that says, what the hell have you done with my film? <laughs> um, or, or, or something more specific, uh, like, oh, I'd like to see more of that actress, like, just get a couple more shots in. So we always do sort of hear from the filmmakers eventually, but generally it's rare that we're working directly with them. Mm. But it has happened. I've worked, um, I've been in a meeting with the producer, the director, and the star of a film, listening to all their feedback and trying to make them all happy. <laughs> Being in New Zealand, we quite often will, sort of we're sort of that mid-market country that's quite odd we will you know we'll be able to and especially with the rise of the internet we'll be able to see you know the US trailer and sometimes we'll see the trailer that's obviously meant for the UK um, and sometimes it's even lab- mm. labeled as such on YouTube um, are you involved in the cuts for all of those different markets yeah so um we call the US trailer the domestic trailer and that's always sort of the dream to get the domestic trailer because that's the one that gets the most hits on YouTube um, for whatever reason because often the UK trailers are better. <laughs> um, uh, but we yeah, we generally in the London office we will be dealing with the UK or the international market so we'll be cutting that trailer Um and it's actually really interesting to watch a U.S. trailer and, a, and an international trailer next to each other because they are really different. They're, you know, we laugh at different things. There are certain references that we won't get. Um, you know, so, sometimes we have to deal with countries being racist and we have to sort <laughs> of keep that in mind. It's terrible. But, um, yeah, so we do have to keep a real sensibility of what each country is is feeling. Um, but, yeah, when when we, you know, with Theory of Everything and Danish Girl, I, it was the domestic trailer that eventually um, I was working on. That's always just a great feeling because you know that's going to be the one that reaches the most people. Mm. But um, for things like... You know, the bigger properties like Jurassic World or Fifty Shades of Grey, that's when they have to just test the hell out of everything in every country to make sure that the TV spots that go into New Zealand are the ones that are gonna, New Zealand people are going to love the most. Um, and, and we'll get all that. Um, we'll get, you know, pages and pages of testing results saying the Kiwis hate you know, rabbits. <laughs> Don't put any rabbits in, in, in Peter, Peter Rabbit. Rabbit and we go, oh, shit. Yeah, that's why we didn't get anything over there. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so we, you know, and, and with some, you know, with sex, how is sex viewed? And the, the Yanks are very prudish and the Germans are filthy. So <laughs> we have to cut two very different pieces for each of those countries. So, yeah, it's, a, it's very interesting to see what all the different countries countries how they're responding to things but that's why there are so many different versions of 
of tra- of trailers out there. So will there be multiple teams like working on the different, like w- you, will you be working on the domestic trailer and then like a team in London will be working completely independently of you on a UK trailer? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So we'll kind of um, start to wrap up here. Um, I'd love to know what's like the proudest moment of your career? There's two moments that stick out actually. There was um, the first time I cried. <laughs> <laughs> which was um, when I, I was only I was 25 and um, uh, was working on the trailer for Trance. I don't know if you guys saw that as a Danny Boyle film, oh, yes. and I was really excited to work on it because it was Danny Boyle. And but I was still, you know, pretty new in the company and and up against the much more experienced editors. So I really put my all into that trailer, and um, I got an email. Um, saying that Danny Boyle had, had seen it and he loved it and I just started crying. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it's amazing because awesome. he was a director I really admired and yeah, so that was a really nice moment for me and just uh, another little one was when I went to the cinema with my parents and they showed, they screened three trailers um, and two of them were mine. <laughs> that's awesome. And that was like, that was that was the only time that's ever happened and I was with my parents and I'm an only child so it was just like you know proud proud moment for them as well so that was really nice Um, yeah yeah that's cool that um with with the Danny Boyle thing as well that like just knowing that after all the like movies and great feelings he's given you that you know you you made him smile for once you know, you gave yeah, something back. Yeah, exactly. Really yeah, sweet. it's my my contribution back to him. <laughs> um, so, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, <clears throat> just a little girl power note that this is still a very very male dominated industry, and as a female in it, I have seen a lot of change in the last uh, decade. Um, and and it, things are changing, and people are becoming more open minded to women in roles like mine and like I said before in this office now there are four four female editors which were an all-female team and I'm really proud of that it was an accident it wasn't on purpose we didn't discriminate um but they were all the best people for the 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 jobs and um in times of you know Trump and hashtag me too it, it's really amazing to be part of the positive progression towards sort of you know equal pay and and respect for women in in this industry yeah so yeah just wanted to throw out a girl power message there (laughs) good on you yeah it's funny that like when i i tell people i'm interviewing a trailer editor tomorrow um more than one person said oh like where does he work what's what's some of his movies and i was like well actually sit down let me educate you Yeah, definitely. And and it's when I first started, I definitely I don't know if it was true, but I definitely felt there was a moment when you know, the client would be like, "Oh, you're the editor?" You know, kind of like, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah. And it's not like that anymore. It's more like, "Cool, you know, let's let's do this." Yeah. That's really um, cool. which is um yeah, really awesome. Cool. And thank you to you guys for taking the time to talk to me. Oh, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy busy day. Yeah, so um as as we go, what what are the next um what are the next movies that people should look out for as they or the, turn up turn up early to the movies to see um to see what you've got going on? <laughs> um well it depends what kind of movies you like. 
We're working on Mamma Mia 2, which I'm sure everyone's very excited about. <laughs> but I, I just did a trailer for a TV show called Mafia, which is doing really well over here. So if mm. that makes it to New Zealand, check check it out. It's Fingers a crossed. BBC drama. We'll probably um, get it in like five years, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, in five years. Enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so, um, just before we yeah. go as well, I'd love to know, um, what kind of advice would you have for people that uh, want to get into this? Don't ever think that you're past the point where you can get into it, because I have two friends who were in their 30s when they first started out, and um, I would recommend going for smaller agencies, because the bigger facilities you kind of get lost in, and you might end up making coffee for two years before you get <laughs> your hands on um, an Avid, but um, yeah, so I'll go for a smaller agency, and um work after hours and show that you're enthusiastic because that's what people notice is when you're willing to work your full day doing whatever you're doing and then staying late to to just try things out and um, experiment and show that that you you can be creative Um, and don't have an ego because Mm. (laughs) that won't get you anywhere (laughs) Um, yeah that's that would be my advice Cool. Well, I think that's all from us. Um, yeah, thank you so much for um, taking the time to chat with us. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank you, guys. It's a great eye-opener into, into a world that a lot of people, I'm sure, don't know too much about. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So so many people think that the director cuts the trailer, but it is not true. There is a whole team of us. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. Thank you very much. And um, it was lovely talking to you. And I'll let Jeremy sign off as well. This is me signing off. Farewell. All right, thank you very much for listening. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening, and once again, thank you to Zoe for joining us and answering our burning questions. If you're new to the Cult Popshire podcast, then welcome. We normally talk about film franchises and things like that on the show, but we've been spreading our wings recently and trying out some more stuff along the lines of behind-the-scenes interviews, like this episode with Zoe. If you got a lot out of this and want to hear something similar, I'd recommend checking out Beyond Beethoven, our interview with David Mickey Evans, film director for the seminal film The Sandlot, the baseball film, as well as a myriad of straight-to-DVD films like Beethoven's Third, Beethoven's Fourth, and Ace Ventura Jr. Yeah. There's a third Ace Ventura film, and we chatted to the director himself about how the hell straight-to-DVD sequels actually happen. That episode is linked in the show notes below, as well as our links to Facebook page, uh, YouTube channel, Instagram, Twitter, and all that jazz. So please, follow or subscribe to us on all that social madness, and let us know what you think. Thank you very much for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.